afternoon. The panel, RNZ National, welcome, welcome, welcome. Good to have you here uh, and keep those superstitions coming. Wonderful stuff. An old nursing superstition, no red and white flowers. And a vase together. Keep them coming. 2101. But let's start with the rugby for it is what we are really looking forward to this weekend. And world number one Ireland are attempting to do what they've never done before at a Rugby World Cup. Reach the semi-finals, writes Joe Porter. There's just one thing in Ireland's way. The three times champion. They're called the All Blacks. And who is this team, Ireland? Just how have they risen to where they are now? Ireland are the bookies picked to beat the All Blacks, and as many as 70,000 Irish supporters are expected at the 80,000 seat Stade de France. With us is Neve McMahon, Honorary Consul General for Ireland. Neve, welcome to the programme. Lovely to be here, and thanks very much for um, yeah, inviting me along. No, it's a pleasure, and I understand you are flying out to Dublin tonight. I am, Wallace. Yes, I'm on a plane at nine o'clock tonight, and um, I'll be in Ireland with my people watching the game <laughs> and just can't wait. Fizzing with excitement. I, I Absolutely can... <laughs> fizzing. <laughs> I can only imagine. I mean, look, there is the election to get through, but most of the chat is. we've had is uh, is really about this. Actually, what is going to be a seminal game? And is it a, is this a tough one for you, Neve? I mean, you're based in Aotearoa. This is your home, but you're Irish. Who do you support? Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, look, I would like to say that I'm very careful about who I support and in what company. <laughs> Now, you could say that's a bit two-faced, but um, I have to say my heart is in Ireland. I may live here, uh, but, Mm. you know, I am Irish. I'm from Ireland, and I just just can't suppress it. Uh, I try hard. I try to be polite, but um, Ireland's definitely got my vote, and I do think they're going to win. And one thing I was just going to say, Wallace, I heard you say that Ireland was the favourite. I think, actually, they're joint favourites with France, in fairness, but Uh, not with with the All Blacks. No, no, no. No. We've got a panel here, Neve, and I'll bring them in. But in terms of, um, I mean, the world number one, Irish, they've won their last 17 tests on the bounce, stretching back to that historic 2-1 series victory in New Zealand last year. What does this mean for Ireland, do you think? What does this mean? Well, of course, it's not just the one last year. I mean, we have to go back to Chicago and Soldier Field in 2016 where they had that win. And then we need to bounce forward to Lansdowne Road in 2018 where they won again. And then, of course, uh, we won't mention the last World Cup because that was a bit of a bit of a problem for us. But um, Ireland then won in Dublin in 2021. And then let's not forget about the three test series back in 2022 last year. So what would it mean for them to win for the fifth time against the All Blacks? It will send the country ablaze. I can tell you there'll be parties from the top of the island down to the bottom and east and west. And um, and I just want to mention that rugby has huge support in Ireland. It has grown tremendously. Oh. And uh, latest figures are it's actually 31% say it's their favourite over football, Gaelic football, hurling and camogie. Really? So we're, we've all become a, a nation of rugby players. Yeah, Ellie Jones. 
Well, we've got lovely friends in Tipperary and Ireland. Hi, Katrina and Gareth. In fact, we had a lot of Irish come to Christchurch uh, for the rebuild. So some are very yes. connected, I think, yeah. as you said, Neve, too. You know, there's yeah. a. I think they might have a foot in both camps, but as you said at the end of the day, go Ireland. Um, I wonder, <laughs> looking at the time difference, I, do, I know that it's being played as at 8pm uh, our time. What will the time yeah. be in Ireland, and what does that mean for people? Do pubs open? Do people gather in yeah. front rooms? Mm. How, how do people watch it? Yeah. So, Ali, I think the timing is the other way around. So um, oh. it's going to be 8 a.m. for the New Zealanders. So you've got to get up out of bed early on your Saturday morning. We'll be partying on Saturday night, and I think every <laughs> pub in Ireland will be full. Every living room will have every relative in it gathered around the telly. So um, that's the nice thing about the Northern Hemisphere and watching sport, of course. It's at reasonable times, whereas mm. here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, <laughs> we, we have to do it early in the morning yeah. or late at night. Yeah, Peter. Oh look, um, you know I'm I'm married to uh, Mikohini, uh, um, so she's uh, <laughs> I've um, got Irish uh, um, uh, lineage, um, but um, I'm, also, I'm also you know uh, uh, of Samoan heritage um, and a New Zealand citizen, and, and and I hope the All Blacks win. However, just in terms of the love of the game and the growth of the game, I do hope that that Ireland do win and win the World Cup. Um, I, I'm all about the growth of the of of the game of union throughout the world, and and I think if the Irish won, it will be fantastic, but also be fantastic for other countries who were once you know, tier two nations who, who can see themselves being tier one and also have the structures and programs in place and sort of have the pipeline for their young kids and, and female and males to come through the process and and and, and, and win win games, uh, um, you know, uh, what is it, um, on a regular basis and then win World Cup. So for the greater good of the union uh, in terms of the game, I, ho- I do hope Ireland win. Oh, it's a, quite a hard thing to listen to actually on the panel this afternoon, <laughs> uh, frankly. But, uh, but, but, but Neve, is there something to that uh, it's actually, you it know, is. it has. It's. I liken it to for the F1 fans, Max Verstappen winning time and time and time and time and time again. But you know, All Blacks have real competition now, not least in Ireland. So does Peter Fafu have a point? Look, I, in fact, can I just say, Peter, I entirely agree with you. Of course, it'd be terrible for me to disagree with you, given what you've said. <laughs> but I think, um, you know, that unification story is so important. And when you look at our history, we're all about trying to find peace, find unity, find ways to work together, to play together. And the game of rugby epitomizes that, certainly now, and it has done in the past. And I'd also like to say um, and acknowledge, of course, that the Irish rugby team is enhanced by the fact that we have four um, people there who've come from New Zealand. And, uh, of course, that's great for the gene pool, um, highly competitive and bring a great spirit to the game and have certainly helped um, helped our Irish team and given it strength so that it can face all of its challenges. And I'd also like to add that in the Irish Times today, um, there was an article written by Gregor Paul saying that, you know, the All Blacks have a deep respect for Ireland, but not a lot of love. But yeah. in reply, I just want to mention that the Irish have a deep respect for the New Zealand, but we have loads of love because we've had all those people that have come over many years, Christchurch rebuild and prior to that. And, you know, New Zealand is basically 20% Irish. You know, that's the number of people that have either some affinity with Ireland by way of grandparents or relatives or whatever, or people who've come directly from here. So I think, look, um, the one thing I'd also add is that, you know, New Zealand doesn't like losing, that's for sure. Nobody does. 
but they don't mind losing to the Irish. Mm. I think they'd be quite happy with a win, to, you know, if Ireland won. I mean, it'd be worse, for example, if they lost to Australia, wouldn't it? Yeah, we're getting that sentiment here for our listeners, Neve. It is, you, you do mention the sort of the recent wins, but I'm just thinking, I started by going, you know, back to 2012 and actually, you know, Hamilton and, you know, uh, the All Blacks beating Ireland uh, 16-0. It has been, I mean, it has been quite a journey Irish rugby over the last 11 years. In fact, it's been quite extraordinary, hasn't it? That redevelopment. Yeah, absolutely has. And I think, you know, we've we've come an awful long way in a short period of time. And I think the growth of rugby in Ireland has taken many people by surprise. But to put it in context, um, you know, Ireland's got a very sophisticated sort of academy type structure, which identifies those lead players from various areas. And what it does is it allows our elite sports people to actually, you know, have a career playing rugby. We didn't have that before, and now we have it. And, of course, we have to acknowledge Joe Schmidt and um, Andy Farrell and the contributions that they've made. But we have, we have a very successful rugby franchise on the island of Ireland. And, um, and you know, I think it'll just continue to grow, and, you know, including women's rugby and so yes. forth. Just finally, Neve, are you going to be able to go to the, because I know it's for work as well, but are you going to be able to get to the stadium yourself? <laughs> well, not for the one on this coming weekend, mm. but when Ireland reach uh, the next level, um, I'm very much hoping to have a ticket. The word <laughs> is out. I'm blessed with having a brother that lives in Paris and come from a rugby playing family. I know the tickets are like gold dust, but I'm prepared to pay a little bit of gold and I'm hoping that I'll get a ticket in return. So please, fingers crossed for me. Gosh, well, have a great it flight. Yeah, just, keep, Peter, yep. Just, just, just one thing, and I, I think you watch the Irish national anthem, and if you, if Peter O'Mani has got a grin on his face, we are in for a tough eighty minutes. Did you hear that, Neve? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Neve, have a great flight, uh, and thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much. That Bye. is Neve McMahon, uh, the honorary consul general for. Ireland. Exciting stuff, isn't it, Ellie, really? It's, it's, it's yeah. quite exciting. It's, it's a big game. Yeah, it is. I mean, I come from a very uh, strong rugby background too. My father played uh, rugby in Llandovery in Wales and oh. coached uh, uh, the Kandavu Fijian team in really? Suva. So, yeah. um, I've, and mum and dad met at a rugby club room, you know, after a game one day and I've been brought up with it. I remember the Milo and the sleeping bags in the middle of the morning. <laughs> and I think this will be exciting because of that wonderful Celtic energy and um, uh, passion. Mm. And of course, the All Blacks as well. Did I mention them? So it's, yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, just sort of final before we go, um, if the All Blacks don't win, Peter, for you, will this put us in a slump for the week? Because, you know, people are already feeling a bit, um, well, you know, the elections here, and people aren't necessarily overjoyed, at least the feedback we're getting with uh, the campaign trail. What's your sense if we lose? Yeah, I think it's very similar to what Neve was saying that, you know, given the, the history between our two countries, you know, um, you know, we're founded, uh, you know, um, it was a 20 percent, you know, in terms of the connections and the and the whakapapa and the lineage went back to the to, you know, to Ireland. You know, I think if we were to lose to anyone else, uh, um, you know, it would be difficult. I, I think it will be 
in my view, I think would be, you know what, that's good for the game. Let's wait. Sure. Let, let's let's get to the next four years, and at least the Irish, at least we, we lost to the Irish, and let's go and celebrate with them. All right, yeah. Someone says, Wallace. Yeah. Can I just ask you one thing? Because I meant to ask Neve that too, and maybe someone who's Irish out there would be able to answer this. You're right about us getting into a funk after we, you know, lose a game. Often, and this might be an exception, but I wonder what happens in Ireland. You know, of course, the the party will go on for ages if Ireland wins. But is there that same sort of um, sadness and depression? there if they lose. I'd be really interested to know that if anyone knows. Okay, someone of Irish heritage, stock, a part of the Irish whanau, get in touch. Although someone says here, no way do I ever want Ireland to live when one of my mates is Irish and I'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> L- literally. Uh, go these <laughs> 20 past four of the panel. Uh, Peter for, for you and Ali Jones. Well, last night, a family of five evacuated their home when their Samsung washing machine caught fire. The recall was put out 10 years ago after several different Samsung top loader models caused over 200 fire incidents in Australia. Looking on the product safety website at the list of products with recalls out at the moment, you've got, for example, of the many, the Nava electronic fuse tester, 3M hard hat attached earmuffs. You've got the Splosh Father's Day giant mugs. There are 1,099 products out for recall uh, on that side. With us is Head of Testing at Consumer NZ's Dr. Paul Smith. Kia ora. Kia ora, Wallace. Nice to have you, uh, Paul. The recall for this testing machine went out in 2013, Paul. Were you surprised to hear of this fire last night? Um, you know, I wasn't really because um, I, I think actually trying to gather these products in from a recall like this is incredibly difficult. So mm. I'm not at all surprised that there are still um, samples of this out there being used. This is actually one of the better ones. I think they they were saying they've got some they had they got something like eighty or ninety percent of them, um, which which you know baffles me because how do you have records of who's bought a washing machine? Mm. Yes, uh, I mean, uh, the family was evacuated, but uh, needless to say, it could have been uh, really bad. Uh, you know, 200 fire incidents in Australia from this top loader. Do people tend to take recalls seriously, Paul? Um, well, you can look at it from both sides. So uh, do manufacturers take them seriously and do consumers and the owners of the products take them seriously? And I think... I think manufacturers generally do. Um, I mean, the system here is that you know, all but um, the, the, the Takata airbag recall that we had a few years ago, all of them are voluntary. So it's up to the manufacturer to try and recall these products. It's not something that they're compelled to do, and it's not something they're, you know, they're measured on the success of them actually recalling. But they do make a pretty good effort in general. Um, on the other hand, um, consumers, I don't think, you know, I can speak from my own personal mm. um, experiences. I've never checked the recall website to see if anything I own has got a recall on it. So I'm relying on a manufacturer or somebody contacting me. Um, and, you know, so, so, yeah. yeah I, well, that's, what, that's what we're doing, the story, because uh, I was actually quite amazed when I went onto the product safety website to see what was actually on there right now. Let's bring in our panellist, uh, Ali Jones. 
Paul, a couple of questions. Firstly, where you've got um, something like a washing machine like this that potentially could cause death or serious injury, do you think there's a greater obligation for the manufacturer to do more? And the second thing I want to know is what can they or others do to improve the number of items that people know about and um, are returned to the manufacturer? Um, yes, I think there is. Yeah, for the first part, yes, there is. Um, depending on the the severity of the or the potential consequences of the fault, I guess there's two things. There's there's what is the likelihood of the fault occurring, and then what are the consequences of a fault occurring. And if you looked at the the overall risk, then you could say, yeah, that there should be a lot more um, effort put into those where you get you know high high likelihood mm-hmm. and a high consequence. Um, what more could they do? Well, I, I don't think the system we've got at the moment is very good because it relies on, from from the manufacturer and the ministry's side of it, they they recognise that there is need for a recall. But then the problem is how they then get that out in front of consumers and, and people who are owning and using these products. Um, and that, again, you know, that really comes down to up to the manufacturer to try and trace who's bought them. Um, for a washing machine, at least it's a big whiteware product, so the, the big retailers are more likely to have some records. Um, but a lot of the products on there, like um, as Wallace pointed out, there's a mug that, that breaks when you put hot water into it or hot liquids into it. Um, yeah. then we, saw, we saw there's a, there's a baby's teething ring that is a choking hazard. I mean, it's only got one job, and it fails dramatically at it. So how are you going to track down people who've bought that product? Um, and I don't think there's a there's a super easy answer to it because I don't know how you would do that. Now, for those who haven't uh, checked this out, uh, this Father's Day mug that breaks when hot water, you'll be pretty amazed. Go to the product safety website, just do a Google, uh, and look at the list of topics. Some go way back, some are very recent. Peter? Yeah, um as a consumer, the sort of the only sort of organisation uh, that I, that you know, if you were to measure the effort of organisation of getting information out there, the, the only one I can think of is the warehouse as a retailer. Um, I guess, Paul, you know, are, are there others out there, whether it be manufacturer or retailer, who are setting the standard in terms of um, if you were going to measure the effort of, of getting information out there? Um the ones only i'm going to go from anecdote here um the ones that i've noticed actually quite recently um are um and i shouldn't say this being um from consumer right but um the supermarkets are doing a decent job um from what i've seen um i've noticed a lot of mm. product recall notices at the checkouts um i haven't quite recently um but yeah so they're putting a lot of those food food issues out there and those are a lot more shorter term as well right i mean it's down to particular batches of manufacture and they can control those a bit easier and stop the food um, at the time. It's it's the more durable mm. products that, that are the problem. Um, but yeah, no, it's, um, I mean, I mean, we've got to give, despite despite the fire recently, um, we've got to give um, a, a good support there for Samsung as well for managing this. And like I say, getting, mm. I think I think the stats were over 90% of them that they managed to track down, which I, okay. is, is staggering. Yeah, nice to have you on, Paul. Kia ora. Uh, as always, that's Dr. Paul Smith, uh, Head of Testing at Consumer NZ. Someone says, we have a Samsung washing machine. Can you remind us what models should be recalled? Well, they are the washing machines that are affected in 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013. Uh, and I have model numbers here, but you may not um, 
they're quite long and you won't be able to remember them. So my advice to you is go on to, if you're still listening, go on to the product safety website. Just Google that, uh, govt.nz, and you will see the Samsung washing machines there up the top. Wallace, um, I had one of the faulty washing machines, fabulous customer service from supplier at the time. They replaced my machine with a new model, and it's still going well. Love the show. Lewis, thank you, and stay listening. 27 past four, because we are talking superstitions. How can we not, um, with it being... Friday the 13th. So, our question of the day is, what is the one superstition that you hold dear to? Because, you know, I myself am not in the slightest bit superstitious, but, and this is a big but, I will not have someone open an umbrella inside, and I don't know why. It's odd. My um, wonderful little boy, little junior, he received his first umbrella at six um, about three months ago and he loves opening it and I feel very, very mean (laughs) um, telling him off not to and he asks me, but why daddy is not harming anyone and I've got no words, I just say because (laughs) because so here's a few that you've um, texted into me, my grandmother would not hang up the new calendar before New Year's Day Mm, another one Left shoe goes on before the right and gloves the opposite. Another one, as a child, I wouldn't swallow any dinner at the table before we said grace. As I suspected, it might be poisoned by God. But as soon as we said amen, it was safe to eat. Round the panel. You got one, Peter? Yeah, that last one, my kids will probably say that last one uh, um, around grace. Uh, but my, my one personally is I, when I go out to a restaurant, um, I always wipe down the, the fork and the, and the knife with my napkin and then put my napkin on, the, on my right leg. That's not a superstition. That's, that's amazing. Just weird. That's no, just that's weird. just, yeah, that's, that's, that's unusual. That's a little tip. Yeah. That's a little Peter for you thing. <laughs> you, you, that's uh, okay. Hmm. Ellie and I have oh, to about that. Uh, yeah, really interesting that one, um, Ellie. Yeah, what you were saying was so uh, interesting because I'm the, I've written it down. I said I am not superstitious and I am not, but yeah, <laughs> this is the thing. Right, when I spill salt, I flick it over my shoulder, and and I I looked it up because it's something my mother always did, so I did, and and it relates to when you spill salt, you apparently open up the gateway to hell, and in order to stop the devil from coming, and Mum wasn't religious or anything, but to stop the devil coming up through the gateway uh, to hell, you throw salt over your shoulder, it goes into his eyes and. He disappears. Good grief. So apparently that's why when you spill salt, you flick it over your shoulder. Oh, and I'll walk around a ladder, but that's more a common sense safety thing than anything. Well, is, I it, think. is it? Because I have actually braved that. I've decided to walk under ladders wherever I can now. I thought, this is just ridiculous. <laughs> but what this if there's someone just... up there and they drop something? <laughs> now, you know, that's why you walk around it. <laughs> It's a health and safety issue. I just issue. thought, look, I'm I'm, in a, I'm a grown-up. I'm not going to sort of walk around <laughs> ladders, for God's sake. Um, but the umbrella inside. Um, don't assemble the cot before the baby is born, uh, says uh, another one. So, yeah, thank you very much for your superstitions. They're coming in. If you've got others, uh, text me 2101. Um, my mum was superstitious, and when she died, she died on Friday the 13th. You're on the panel, RNZ National.